Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Kylie Merritt, the founder of Ausbiz. Our goal at Ausbiz is to provide you with news and information you can use to make better investment decisions, whether it's live, on demand, in the newsletter, or a podcast like the COB. We make it available at no cost to you. The bigger our audience, the more we can invest in great content. So I have a favour to ask. If you could take a minute to leave a review of the COB in the Apple Podcast app, it'll help us grow. And of course, don't forget to catch up with all the best interviews each day at ausbiz.com.au. Thanks for listening. From Barangaroo Studios, the Ausbiz COB is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Hello, hello. It is the 4th of May. Great to be here with you for the COB stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. I'm Nadine Blaney here with David Scott. Scotty, hello. How was your day? It was great and uh, may the 4th be with you. Always. No Jedi mind tricks today on the local market, though. Some pretty solid gains coming through there. Yeah, the Young local Padawan. market. Uh, yeah, liked, liked the fourth today. Had the fourth behind it. Uh, closing near the highs of the day. So it was the gold miners, materials, energy. So global oil prices rising over 1% through the overnight period. That really helped lift the market. Um, tech. Tech was a little bit of a sticking point once again, I will say, for this local market, Scuddy. Yeah, really struggling. Uh, it hasn't uh, given back much of the uh, the gains that's got to be said over the uh, the pandemic period. I'll get that out. Uh, but interesting that it's uh, really struggling, even though we haven't seen much of a move in yields. In fact, yields have come lower, both in real and nominal terms. So, yeah, it's, uh, maybe that, uh, that whole thematic, the Momo trade that uh, propelled these stocks higher in the past isn't uh, necessarily working anymore. Let's talk yields, shall we? You've written about it in the newsletter today. Um, I know we've talked about it lots in the newsroom. So we are not seeing uh, you know, nominal yields rising in a significant way, even in the face of solid economic data. We're expecting 1 million jobs to be added in the U.S. non-farm payroll report on Friday, arguably already priced in by the market. But I mean, even that manufacturing survey last night, whilst it did disappoint expectations, if you looked at the components in it, it, it it's all indicating that there's a pretty strong recovery going on. Absolutely. And uh, it's really funny with this, where you say like, no, it's been priced in. Like, it matters until it doesn't because at some point, like, no, I just get the impression that uh, if you get a really hot figure come out, that uh, there's going to be this sudden you know, mindset change amongst investors. Like, well, hang on, what timeline are we looking realistically for the Fed to start announcing tapering at some point, which will go and take place. And uh, the time that I had off, uh, no, I knew that the market was stretched. A lot of speculative positioning was looking for uh, high yields, but to come back a month later, given the news flow that I saw over that period of time, yes, there was a few sticking points, namely what's been going in EM with the pandemic, particularly India, but uh, the data has been red hot and lots of anecdotal evidence coming through that's, you know, prices are sticky. Mm-hmm. They're not just going, it's not one off, it's demand and supply side disruptions, uh, which are going and taking place here. And I think at some point there's going to be a, a collective mind shift and then you'll see, you know, the Fed in particular will have to go and acknowledge, well, hang on, 
this recovery is a lot faster and a lot a lot more stronger than what we first anticipated. So we heard from Fed Powell overnight, Fed Chair Jay Powell overnight, and he did acknowledge the strength in the economy, but said that it was a real uneven recovery. I still think, yes, bond yields will start to rise. I think that the Fed will change its communication because it has to, but that is the natural order of things, right? Yeah. Um, and so it's really a, a matter of timing or what will be the f- sort of final uh, nail in the coffin, so to speak, to get that th- those first few step changes, the first few speeches, comments under the belt where they start to prep the market in a meaningful way for tapering. I mean, they, they have said, obviously, that they will taper. It's just that timeline. And they've been really clear that they're going to be telegraphing prior to that. Yeah, uh, it'll be when the collective rush for the exits occurs and uh, it'll be an event, it'll be a data point, not necessarily be a speech from the Fed. I don't think it's going to be the the time where the Fed says, oh, we're going to start tapering. I think the market will go and and sense that, hang on, this is so hot now that uh, there's going to be a change at some point in the near future. And that will be the moment. Uh, I don't think the Fed's actually going to spark it. I reckon there will be a taper tantrum. And we know from what's happened with uh, with market valuations, the role that uh, risk-free rates, the collapse in those, uh, those rates have played in asset valuations. So it's going to get pretty gnarly later this year. Um, I'm looking forward to it. There's going to be a lot to talk about. But uh, for the time being, it's, uh, it is unusual that uh, to sit here you know, one month later and see that yields are actually lower than when I went, in, uh, went on my break. I don't suspect it's going to last. Considering the economic data. Yep. Absolutely. So it's a live conversation. Look, it is nothing that we're looking forward to if there's a market shakeout. Obviously, we care about you know risk and protecting um, investable you know, investable, ideas. Yeah, gains and everything else, but it's investable ideas and there is a way to adjust in times of rising yields. Yeah, and look, there's nothing, I'm not, not saying... And that, rates. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not saying that you should. You, people who want to go and take short positions can go and do that, but there's nothing wrong with taking some off the table. And you just look at an index level at the moment, and I, I really get the sense, like whether it's an index or a sector level, that the market is running out of ideas to go and mm-hmm. try and justify what to go and push higher now because everything looks really richly valued like the re- the reopening trade well hang on i think we've priced in a reopening and a half yep. and then the growth names out there we've priced in you no know, to the moon on <laughs> revenue growth in the future based on discounted cash flow uh yeah so i wouldn't be surprised like no the, the market is vulnerable uh to any inkling that we're going to see a pullback in liquidity from central banks well we've got a few interviews in the show notes so you might want to listen in if you are looking for some ideas of what you could invest in to make some money even if uh, interest rates look set to rise sometime this year, which, you know, they won't rise this year, but we'll start to get some rhetoric coming Mark, from the market central rates, bank. maybe. Yeah. June Bay Lou uh, is amongst them and uh, Luke Laredev as well. He's got a couple of companies he's got his eye on in terms of uh, potential takeover targets. And we spoke with Brett Lemezere. He's from Velocity Trade about the banks. Westpac, of course, we hear from ANZ tomorrow. We'll be talking about official cash rate and the pressure it's putting on the bank's net interest margins. We've, of course, heard from the RBA and ANZ Research, so the economists there, putting out a note this afternoon saying that in its view, uh, the RBA's language has changed around that 2024, what, not promise, pledge Mm -hmm. um, that it put out to the market that it would not be lifting the cash rate until 2024 at least. ANZ says that, look, it's really, it softened its language on that 2024 date. 
Yeah, it's interesting what, what the RBA is going to do. I think it's just, the RBA has given itself plenty of wiggle room for other central banks to go and help it uh, make the decision to maybe not proceed. Uh, for the time being, we know that uh, you know it's, it's valuing full employment. Uh, that was one of the things that stood out in the statement, that uh, that's a, a key priority for the bank, which means that they're going to have the foot to the throttle uh, no, as, as long as possible. But if you get to the point where other central banks start to go and pull back, uh, the, the economic recovery becomes self-sustaining and strengthens further, does it need that amount of stimulus? Probably the answer is no. Yeah. All right. So uh, the gold miners did really well today here locally after we saw the gold price rising through the overnight. Silver, uranium as well. In terms of company specifics, a lot of the news flow today was emanating from that Macquarie conference. It's almost like a mini confession season. We get trading updates coming from these companies. They put a little bit of a meat on the bone in terms of the outlook and guidance ahead of the blackout period that we get into once uh, August reporting season. Yeah, already we're talking about it starts to approach. So Worley was one of the big winners from that Reliance Worldwide. We were talking to Heath Sharp on the channel last week. Share price up a further 3.7%. Nine doing well today after it updated the conference. Super Retail as well up by six-tenths of a percent. On the losing side, Nick Scully, it came out with a really good outlook, but down by 3.3%. We had a chat with Martin Crabb, CIO of Sean Partners, to end the day. It'll be up online if you're interested he just said, sort of with Nick Scali, it might have been a case of buy the rumor, sell the fact. Mm. And uh, yeah, that's, uh, a lot of good news is being priced into that stock. And uh, anything that uh, doesn't uh, fit with the narrative of the strength that we've seen uh, gets punished quite a bit. And we're seeing that uh, not, Nick Scali hasn't re-rated as much as some of the other uh, retailers, particularly those at the, e, the online mm-hmm. uh, retailers. But uh, it is interesting to go and note that. I do get the sense that a lot of investors out there are starting to question the, uh, the durability of those trends that we saw during the pandemic to stick longer term. Yeah, well, we've seen it in Kogan. We've seen it in uh, JB Hi-Fi. Flight Center today, a little bit of lift coming out of that name. And uh, I'm just going to – Webjet didn't um, attend the conference today as far as I know. But, uh, yeah, Webjet being sold down by about 1.8%. But back to Nick Scully. Sorry, I should have just gone right to the stock of the day. It was the stock of the day with Kashi and his two expert guests, Gary Glover from Novus Capital, Howard Coleman from Team Invest. Let's listen in. Absolutely superb update from what has been an extraordinarily well-run company for many, many years. It's passed our filters in Team Invest for years. doesn't currently pass because leases have now been included in debt. But if you look through the lease debt and only look at the bank debt, um, it would pass our filters. It's on a relatively low PE. As you say, profits almost doubled and nothing that at the moment looks like it's going to stop. Although, obviously, people don't buy a new lounge suite every every year. So great business, uh, terrific result. And a lot of our members have been buying it uh, uh, recently. I haven't, but a lot of other members have. Okay, so you'd have it as a buy at these levels? Absolutely. Obviously, cracking result there. I think you're sort of starting to see some of these things to get priced in there. I agree with how it's actually not that expensive when you look at it historically. So I think yep. I think it's traded between nine and fifteen and a half times if we go back and look at the last ten years. Okay. So great company there. I I love watching stocks come back and like a little three wave sell down. So that's somewhere around nine dollars for me. So right. that's that's probably where I'd be looking at it personally. Maybe a little bit lower here. That is not going into the Ausbiz portfolio. Why? Because both gentlemen did not give it their thumbs up. 
Uh, Gary Glover likes it. How, or sorry, Howard Coleman likes it. Uh, it's not a buy for Gary Glover, as you just heard. And if you'd like to watch that episode of The Call, it's on the website. Or you can listen to it if you're a podcasty kind of person, which I assume you are if you're listening to us. So you can listen to The Call as a podcast if you're on the go. All right, so that is pretty much the day in a nutshell. We get some data out in the U.S. tonight. We also have one Fed speaker. You think she's going to stick to the dovish line? Yep, Mary Daly. Mary she'll, Daly. Be, she'll be extremely dovish. SF Fed. I think that says it all, doesn't it? Okay, tomorrow we've got Kerry Craig, global market strategist, J.P. Morgan, kicking things off pretty close to 8.30. We will be talking, well, likely rates with Chris Renz, portfolio manager at Nico Asset Management. We have from the Macquarie Conference, fresh from the Macquarie Conference, we'll be speaking with David Bailey from Australian Finance Group. I think that'll be interesting because really at the coal face uh, in the housing market in terms of refinancing as well. And uh, when we spoke with Westpac CEO, he said, like, you know, there's a lot of people refinancing right now. Um, an additional area of competition in the market. And the skew, I want to know what's going on with the uh, fixed interest versus uh, variable rates in the market yeah. as well. Interesting space that we saw some of the, the data from ANZ today showing 40% of our new loans going through in the ABS series, no fixed rates. Yeah. Well, interesting if rates rise in three years. So we will also be talking about the ANZ result. Uh, looking forward to that. It will be a busy morning. Looking forward to seeing you, Scotty. I hope you have a good night. You too. And uh, look forward to uh, being on air with all of you tomorrow morning. See you.